Welcome to the Curious and Connected podcast, where we're hoping to connect students in our EDD program and beyond and foster a sense of community. My name's Leah, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Monica here. Kella. And today, our guest of honor is Sarah Lozano. Sarah, <laughs> thank you for joining Hi, us. thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Of course, we're excited. Um, so our first question for you is just for you to tell us a little bit about you. So whatever you'd like to share, work, education, personal, we'd love to hear it. Great. Well, thank you again for inviting me on here. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you all. Um, a little bit about my background. I grew up in South Texas um, and I went to college, um, studied architecture at Yale. Um, then came back home to to uh, the Rio Grande Valley here in South Texas, and um, I had this uh, idea of you know in really diving into education, even though I loved architecture. And so, kind of trying to find that balance, um, I thought I could do teaching and K through twelve. Taught third grade for a year, was really excited about education, not so much. I didn't feel like I felt <laughs> like I was in the right place um, in third grade, teaching third grade. I was just hadn't prepared for that. So um, I did it for about a year and then I wanted to kind of explore going into architecture a little bit more. So I worked at um, an architecture firm and while I was there, an opportunity came up to teach at a community college. So I went from like, you know, I worked at two different um, architecture firms before I joined uh, South Texas College, which is the local community college here. Um, and it's here in McAllen, Texas. That's where I, I live now. And um, what I learned very quickly when I started teaching was that I love higher education. Um, I was able to teach something that I was passionate about, which was architecture. And it really allowed me to explore, you know, that balance of um, something that I really love and uh, really trying to make it a career. And so that's, that's how I got into um, the field of higher education. Uh, that was in 2007. So about 15 years ago, um, I during that time was uh, teaching in the architectural program. And then I few years later, got a master's degree in higher ed administration and leadership from Adams State University. And then, um, you know, I kind of just continued teaching and would try to jump into any leadership role that I could, you know, task force, committees, those type of things, just to explore what I had learned in my master's degree. Um, and then I, about 2012, I think, I'm sorry, 2016 is when I became the department chair. So I really got to explore being a leader in that role. Um, and then right before the pandemic is when I uh, became the dean. <laughs> so I'm now the dean for the Division of Business, Public Safety and Technology Programs. And um, shortly after that is when I realized I do something that's that was a little bit broad um, so that we could so that I could just, you know, see what other doors open for me. So here I am. <laughs> Well, it's kind of amazing to take over that position and then COVID hit. You know, what a time. What a time. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, one way to um, to kind of explain the way that I, I try to do things is I go in head first and, you know, really dive in and um, and just kind of figure things out. So um, that was, you know, the, the same thing. And, and I'm glad I had a good team and I started to build uh, what you know, what, what I wanted my team to look like. So, yeah, it was definitely challenging. 
I'm sure. Well, I guess you're you're very busy as um, the dean and and taking care of your daughters and doing all of that. So, you know, considering that you're also pursuing your doctorate right now, um, you know, how do you maintain balance with everything going on? And what kinds of things do you like to do for fun outside of studying and working and all of that? That is the fun. No, <laughs> um, that's kind of the only part. No, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm married. I have um, two beautiful daughters, a ten year old and a six year old. Um, and you know, actually, this time last year was you know we had just started the the doctoral program, and my youngest, who was five at that time, um, actually had a, a very scary episode where she got hospitalized. Um, she, it turned, she turns out she had had a seizure. We weren't aware that she had anything, um, you know, that would indicate that she would have seizure. Uh, she ended up getting hospitalized and it was a really scary, scary few days for us. Um, I was the one who drove her to the hospital, not really knowing what was going on with her, just that she had this like blank stare. Um, and so it wasn't, until we were there at the hospital overnight, they did all kinds of tests and she finally came to probably about three hours after the episode had started. So it wasn't like the convulsion seizures that you typically see, which is why we didn't know what was going on. Um, but anyway, they diagnosed her with epilepsy. And so since then we've been just, you know, she's taking medication. Um, she had gone 11 months without any seizures and then had one the day, the night before school started. So just a few weeks ago. Um, so that was also scary, you know, just um, having to kind of pull into, uh, you know, mother mode and <laughs> trying to stay calm and, and you know, um, figure out what was going on with her was probably the biggest thing. So I will say that this time last year, I was like, what am I doing in this program? I need to kind of focus on my family, on my daughters and you know, just taking care of them, making sure they're okay. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that that really helped was uh, both of the professors that I had that first semester were very understanding. And, you know, I reached out to them and I said, what are my options? Because this is really serious. I don't know what it means for us. I don't know how much our lives are going to change. And, you know, and so both of them were very understanding. Um, they said, if you need to take some time off, these are your options. If you feel like you can do it, but maybe just need like a week or so, two weeks, whatever it is that you need, just tell us what you need. Um, and so I went with that. You know, I also have the support of my husband, um, who was, you know, he he really had to, to be honest with you, he had to step up during COVID because that's when my dean position started. And then um, when I talked to him about getting into this program, when I got accepted, you know, I was like, I, th I think I need to do it. And, you know, he agreed. He said, yeah, if you're going to go and we're, um, beyond being a dean, I think you need to. And so, you know, through that, because I had his support, my family's also here, I have their support. Um, you know, I, I took the risk and just said, I think I need to stick with this and let's see how far I can make it. If I need to take a semester off, I will. Um, but, you know, I, I've been able to, to get through it so far. Um, and so I think the balance really comes from having the ability to um, prioritize what, how much needs to go into everything that I'm doing. Um, I think it was Professor Campbell, Matt, right? Campbell. I think he was the one who mentioned something like, "You decide. You know, if you're if you're gonna put in like a hundred percent effort in this, great, right? But nobody's gonna ask you what your GPA is at the end of it." 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think that that to me is what one thing that has really stuck is that, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to be the best at everything that I do. I've always wanted to not uh, not do like half ass work, you know, like I, I wanted it to be like everything that I can be. But um, I think that's where the balance comes in and like finding um, that I can do what I need to do, still get what I need to get from it, you know learn from it um and then i can also put my energy towards other things like taking care of my family and and then just having me time you know I, my my husband's also very understanding that i need time with my friends too and i need you know um that and, and i think that's really where where that balance comes in is understanding how to prioritize things and what's important in your life to make sure that you don't go crazy because many times i feel like it, i'm going crazy <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is that I've had support from a lot of people. And I think that has helped me um, really move forward. So, yeah, that's a really um, great, like, summation of all of that. Like, it's such an inspiring story, first and foremost, but also just like the power of community and the power of people supporting you and surrounding yourself with these people. So I'm glad that you have that. Um, and hopefully you have that with the cohort as well. So we're super excited to be in your presence. Uh, kind of help support you, uplift you. Well, you know, um, the, I think the class that, sorry to interrupt, I <laughs> just no want to say that the class that we were in, we were doing a group project. Um, and so those, the the group was, they were the only ones that I had like their cell phone handy. I hadn't like figured out how to, you know, okay, I need to input every, like my professor's cell phone numbers into my phone, all of that stuff, right? It was the first semester, a few weeks in, I hadn't done any of that. And so the the group um which was rich rich rath and melissa gates and jeff also um they were you know my group and i messaged them because that was we had a group message and they were the ones who i was like y'all i'm not going to make it to class tonight my daughter's in the hospital like just and they through this time you know we i i've kept in touch with them and and uh, really built from that you know friendship from that relationship into a friendship and and I've seen that with a lot of other people too. So yeah, the I think the cohort is um, is incredible. I'm really grateful that I, you know, even though I don't respond too many times on on the message on the group messaging <laughs> and you know stuff like that, I think just hearing from people that like, okay, I'm not alone in, in thinking this these readings were crazy or you know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah, very the group text definitely makes light uh, of a lot of. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, that's funny. that's awesome. Well, kind of going back to the uh, academic pathway. So, uh, you know, I'd love to hear a topic that's really spoken to you in the court, like course sequence. Is it two-tailed t-tests or is it something else? Um, you know, I have a, I'm having a new appreciation for statistics. So, <laughs> but that's um, ask me at the end of that semester of this semester. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> um, but you know the the one class in the um, or the one the concepts that have really stuck out for me um, were the classes that we, the class that we took the eighty one thirty that we took in spring semester, um, and that one because we talked about the different frames right the HR frame the structural and the symbolic and political. Um, I, I don't know that I had ever really. Um, looked at things in that way from that perspective um and so 
what what I loved about that class and what stood out for me was that I it almost felt like uh, the project that we did was almost like therapy. <laughs> it was um, a very different way of, of taking a situation and um, which, you know, I, it was a very real situation and one that had impacted my life like significantly and um, and looking at it in different ways and trying to understand like all the different things that were at play. Um, because what I, what I see on a daily basis, right. is so, uh, like every day is different and there's so many things that are going on, but giving myself that time to reflect on specific situations that really stand out and that have an impact on me as a leader, uh, was, was really important for me. I think that to me is something that I will always take with me because, the the ability to look at things from those different perspectives. I always thought like, oh, the political frame. And I think even when we were going through that section, the political frame just felt a little dirty, right? Um, but <laughs> but I because I was able to really look at the situation from a political standpoint, I was like, oh damn, maybe the political part is is what I'm actually kind of good at. Or, you know, it stood out to me because not in a in a dirty way, but being able to shift your, you know, your approach because of who you're dealing with or where you're at. And, you know, um, it, that just stood out to me significantly. And I think for me, that is what I've been able to go back to and be like, you know, okay, if I'm I feel like this is very political, right? But let me look at it from a human standpoint, like a an HR standpoint, right? Like, let me look and and try to understand where they're coming from because they're obviously not seeing it the way I am. Uh, so I think it's helped me to like understand, especially conflict or um, like having difficult conversations, framing them in a way that uh, that that person needs. You know, I feel like that has really helped me understand the type of leader that I should be or that I want to strive to be um, is not just a one way, you know, one way street. It, it's really knowing who you're working with and knowing who uh, you're leading and allowing them to, uh, you know, just to kind of feel like you're meeting them in the middle because you have that understanding of, of the situation from a different standpoint. Yeah, I love that. I had a similar experience with that assignment in one that it felt a little therapeutic for me to kind of reflect on a situation <laughs> that was a little bit dramatic, if I'm being honest, in a former workplace. Um, but also that we can reflect on our part in that situation and maybe like what frames we were coming from, but also better understand where other folks were coming from in the situation. Because mm -hmm. I think you know, when you're really emotionally invested in something and experiencing it in the moment, like I didn't see everybody else's right. points of view or like, you know, everything that might have been going on behind the scenes that made people act in some way. So um, totally resonated with that comment because I had yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> um, It was like closure. It brought closure to me mm -hmm. too. I think that was the other thing that allowed me to like, you know, really understand, okay, this is what happened in all these different ways that you can look at it. But, you know, I was able to kind of put it away and move on. <laughs> yep. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and I think your reflection too is a perfect segue into our closing question. So um, we like to let folks choose which option they want to go with. But what does 
leadership mean to you or what does your ideal leader look like? Since you were just talking about how that, you know, process kind of made you reflect on your own leadership and, and everything. So love yeah. to hear what your thoughts are. Of course. Um, you know, I've thought about this quite a bit, I think in everything that, that I do, I think even when I went to, when I went to Yale, you know, I was a, a Latina from South Texas and, um, the one thing that I looked for, I guess, yearned for was a, was mentorship, um, you know, and, and I was lucky enough to find that at Yale, both in upperclassmen, you know, and, uh, and, and then also through some of the administrators, you know, there, there were, there was a support system for me. Um, and so, you know, I, I never forget that part of um, being able to kind of enter into like adulthood, <laughs> but also into like the professional world, right? Um, and so when I think of myself and how I've, I've grown up as a professional, the, the few things that, you know, that I feel like I've always needed more of has been mentorship. Um, and, you know, that guidance of how to understand um, you know, situations that are going on, how to prepare for, uh, for conflict, you know, how to prepare for um, challenges that you'll face. And uh, so I, I think when I, now that I've gone through, you know, at least some of the classes with this program um, and been able to reflect on where I am as a professional, I, I feel like the things that stand out for me are just, really trying to just be uh, real with people, you know, being obviously being authentic is, uh, is ideal, right. But I think it comes with, um, with a little bit of, you know, also knowing when to be strategic, and when to be a little political, um, and when to, you know, really make things, uh, make decisions that, that impact everybody, but with their input as well. Um, and, and always taking the approach of, you know, I'm here as a leader to also guide you through this, right? So we've had quite a few a few transitions in our leadership um, at the college. So we got a new president and uh, this time about last year, about July last year. So we got him as our new president. Um, and then we've, you know, within my own division, I've had a few department chairs that have changed as well. And so as they're coming into the role of a department chair, not knowing really what to expect, right? Not everybody has been cross-trained and not everybody is ready for this leadership role. And, and then some of them really are eager and excited to you know, be a leader in their department and advocate for their department. But understand, like me as a leader, I need to understand where each of them is at so that I can meet them where they need, right? And um, they may come to me with, very, you know, simple kind of task oriented questions um, and not realize that uh, that they also need, you know, the the help with being a leader themselves. And so wherever I can, I try to insert a little bit of that mentorship and that guidance um, while still being, you know, very real with them and telling them you are going to encounter these types of challenges. Right. And, and I'm you know telling you this based on my experience, but also based on um, just your, the role that you're in, you know, and understanding that. Um, and then I think, you know, those are some really important things for me as a leader. And that's still what I look for as well, right? Somebody who can allow me um, to just, you know, the autonomy to make decisions, uh, trust and trust me to make those decisions and, 
um, to try to move, you know, the programs forward and that type of thing, but also to challenge me a little bit, you know, and I think that that's one, one aspect that I try to put into the people that I'm leading is I want them to know that they, they, they won't just be comfortable <laughs> staying where they're at, right? There's always this, um, a, a little bit of a challenge that they should aim for, you know, to continue uh, improving themselves. And I feel like through that, I'm also able to learn from them and, uh, you know, and just by myself become a better leader through them. So. I love that. And perhaps this is because I was just writing my AM1 prior to chatting today, <laughs> but what you just described made me think so much about like the newcomer old timer cycle that we yeah. have talked about in our most recent course about like, because you were talking about leaders who had kind of brought you into the fold and now you're kind of the old timer who's bringing others yeah. into the fold and teaching them, you know, the ways of the institution and all of that. So just yes, made it, sure. it made a connection for me. So thanks. <laughs> <I appreciate. laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yay. Well, yes, that was our final question for you, Sarah. So um, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and to anyone listening, we hope you will join us for our next episode of Curious and Connected. Thank you.